have you here. And I'm almost as excited to see my sidekick producer, Anthony Jackson, back there looking good. Well, you here. Yes, yes, you look good, Anthony. Always grateful to have you part of the team. And uh, folks, today I want to talk about some 30,000 foot level stuff. I've talked about it before, but it's important to stay on these things. It's important for people to realize the fight that we are in right now, the battle for America, the battle for American values, which all goes back to the challenges we're having with law enforcement the lack of leadership in law enforcement, where these attacks, where these challenges are coming from. If we all can't agree on this, it doesn't matter what your political um, affiliation is or your philosophies are. If we can't at least agree about where these things are coming from, then we can't fix the problem. We cannot fix the problem. So, you know, a while back, I talked about somebody who's in the news, someone who's a prominent member of the Democrat Party, and about what that person's goals, what that person's, uh, uh, what his wants are. And the person I'm talking about is Governor Ga Gavin Newsom, California, here in my home state. And I talked about his aspirations of becoming president. No matter what you hear from this man, no matter what he tells you on camera, no matter what you see in writing, no matter what friendly reporter tells you otherwise, that this man's goal is to become president of the United States and to do for the United States what he's done for and to California. And why does that matter? It's, it matters because what he's done, what his party has done to law enforcement in this state has resulted in the chaos and the mayhem and the breakdown of a civil society that we've all seen. That those of us who live in California witness every single day, and no matter where you live in this country, this world, you're able to see. San Francisco, Los Angeles, Sacramento, all of these Population centers in California are failing in relation to law enforcement. Not so much in the Central Valley here, in the San Joaquin Valley, you have a different mindset. You actually have real leaders there. But for most of California's population, they are suffering. They are suffering as a result of the degradation of law enforcement's ability to enforce the law. And by the way, we're not even talking about the court system yet. We're not talking about judges. We're not talking about, about DAs yet, which I've done a lot of times. I'm talking about just right now, just the leadership in this in this state, Gavin Newsom. And now he wants to bring those successes, in quotes, to the rest of you across this country. So let me dive into this a little bit. And I'm going to read an article. And this gives you a specific, a very tangible example of why this guy is dangerous, why he can't be trusted, and why everybody should be aware of what he wants to do. So the article is it's from actually, uh, I think it's uh, June 8th, 2023. Will America embrace Newsom's gun plan? Five things you should know 
about his bid to change the U.S. Constitution. Now, remember, this is a guy who says he's not going to run for president. He supports Joe Biden. It's BS. It's malarkey. It's a lie. Pardon me while I turn my pages here. My notes in hand. For years, Governor Gass uh, Gassim, actually, I just started calling him Gassim because he's a gas bag. That was a Freudian slip of voice. I'm going to write that down here. Gassim. Oh, my God. You know, I like that. Anthony, can we coin that? We can coin it. Gassim Newsom. Oh, my God. Like the Chinese airbags that Biden lets float over this country. Anyway, <laughs> for years, Governor Gavin Newsom has signed law after law Layering on bans, restrictions, and limitations on guns in California, only to see those laws swatted down by conservative judges for violating the U.S. Constitution's right to keep and bear arms. You know what? The left loves calling people who actually uphold the Constitution conservative. Really? Let me ask you a question. If, if a judge, let me backtrack. The hundreds and hundreds of times I testified in court on minor traffic violations, notwithstanding felonies and misdemeanors, let's just go back to travel violations. We talked about this before, I think, with my brother in a recent podcast. But if, a, if a, uh, an officer testifies, yes, this person was speaking, blah, 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 and a judge finds in, you know, in favor of the officer, so to speak, the state, and says, yes, I find you guilty of exceeding the maximum speed limit because that's what the law says, is that judge conservative? Or is the law, is this a judge doing his or her job? They rule on the law, regardless of their political affiliation, their political philosophies, they're not supposed to bring those into the courtroom. So when a judge says, hey, wait a minute, your law, Governor Newsom, is in violation of the US Constitution as it's clearly stated here, is that, does that judge have to be conservative? Or is the judge just doing their job? I hate it when I see this stuff. The judge may or may not be conservative in the personal life, but it should be relevant in the courtroom for every judge and every rule. Now, Newsom has a new idea. Change the Constitution itself. I'm going to stop right there. I will reluctantly, but honestly, give him credit. At least he says he wants to change the Constitution through the process that was articulated by the Founding Fathers in the Constitution. He doesn't want to violate the Constitution, according to him. I believe he does, but at least he says he wants to amend the Constitution. I'm all in support of the amendment process. It doesn't mean I agree with every amendment in the Constitution, most of which I do, not every single one. But I'm in support of the process, the amendment process. So if he goes through this process and he gets the Constitution amended, I will defend that amendment because that's the constitutional process. Today, the governor, who has become one of the country's most outspoken advocates for tighter gun laws, proposed adding a 28th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution to place new age limits, background checks, requirements, and mandatory waiting periods for gun purchasers. He proposed amend, uh, his proposed amendment would also ban the civilian ownership of so-called assault weapons. I guarantee you that if Gavin Newsom we're sitting at this table today, and I asked him to define an assault weapon, to give me a definition, he would fall flat on his face. 
he cannot identify or define an assault weapon. So I could talk about that forever, but forever, but we'll move on. Most of these proposals come from California's own lengthy list of gun laws. They're popular here, but though Congress has yet to pass them, most public polling suggest they're broadly popular ideas across the country. They are popular ideas in the abstract and in, in, in generalities. But when you get down to the, the, the nitty gritty with some of these gun laws and you ask people specific questions about their implications, they're not popular. Trust me on this. As I asked you to trust me on the fact that this guy wants to run for president, I predicted this months ago. I told you this. This is part of his presidential campaign platform. If he gets the opportunity, uh, he'll sweep Joe Biden's side just like uh, a dust on your floor of the broom. Trust me. Adding an extra amendment is extraordinarily, extraordinarily difficult. But for Newsom, the proposal may be as much about political strategy as constitutional law. He knows that he cannot get this amendment through the states and through the Congress. It's difficult for anybody, no matter what your, your amendment proposal is, it's very difficult and the founding fathers wanted it that way. They wanted the constitution to be a very, very slow role in the amendment process. Again, one day I'll talk about that as well. So he knows that it's virtually impossible with this proposal to get to get the constitutional amendment, but that is not his goal. His goal is to use this as a political platform topic to it to to it to invigorate people with the same philosophical positions to support him in the process of the U.S. presidential nomination. That's why he's doing this. He knows it doesn't have a chance in hell of actually succeeding. Quote, we want to go on the offense and be something, uh, oh, I'm sorry, and be for something and build a movement that's bottom up, not top down, he told Politico. In advance of his announcement, shortly after the news dropped, Newsom's PAC campaign for democracy, oh my God, campaign for democracy, campaign for totalitarianism. That's me editorializing. Blasted out a text alerting, uh, urging supporters to signal the support by sharing their name and contact information. Recipients were also invited to take a, make a donation. Here are five questions about Newsom's latest proposal. Answer, what would be Newsom, uh, what would the Newsom Amendment actually do? The governor's office has yet to share the text of Newsom's proposed addition to the Constitution. No kidding. Democrat Assembly member Reggie Jones Sawyer, who I personally know, got along with very well. I don't think we agree on the time of day, but he's a very nice man, plans to introduce the amendment in the California legislature, but was no more forthcoming with details on Thursday. Again, this is about a couple weeks ago. The reason there are no details against folks, I'm telling you, it has nothing to do with the details. It has nothing to do with anything tangible that will enhance safety for the individual citizen. And it certainly has nothing to do with protecting the Second Amendment. There are no details. It's all pie in the sky, political bantering, political showmanship for a larger purpose. And that larger purpose is to control you like Newsom and his party have controlled California. For the last 20 plus years, California has been a supermajority of Democrat rule 
and they want to bring that to the rest of the country. And this all goes back, I'll keep reminding you, about the negative effects it's having in law enforcement in your community, in your town, your city, your county, your state, and yes, your country. But according to the governor, the amendment would add four specific firearm restrictions to the U.S. Constitution. Beep, 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 beep. Raise the federal minimum age for all gun buyers to 21. Really quick, folks. When you look at the catastrophic, the devastation in so many of our cities, just ask yourself, would raising the minimum age to 21 to buy a gun would it save one of those lives in Chicago last week? I think 25 were murdered last week in Chicago. Would it would it would it save one life in Washington D.C., Atlanta, Georgia, Baltimore, Maryland, and the list goes on and on and on? Just ask yourself, would it? And to the contrary, would restrict would it restrict the ability for law-abiding citizens to purchase firearms? Absolutely. Here in California, yeah, that's the law. You have to be 21 years old to purchase a firearm. And it hasn't saved one life, in my opinion. Maybe it has. I, I don't know. But is there anything significant one way or the other? No. But has it restricted the rights of millions of Californians? In my opinion, absolutely. Federal rules already apply that high uh, that higher limit, federal rules already apply that higher limit to handgun purchases. But 18-year-olds are allowed to buy rifles and shotguns. Not California to be 21 to buy anything, I believe. Requires an as yet unspecified reasonable waiting period. That's in quotes. Reasonable waiting period. They can't even identify what they want that period to be. Uh, between the time uh, a person pays for and receives a gun, California's a 10-day 10 10 waiting period. There's no nationwide policy. Require background checks for all gun purchases. Federal law already mandates this for sales from, uh, from licensed firearm dealers, but not for non-professional vendors who might set up a small uh, stall at a gun show or sell to a family member or friend. California already imposes mandatory background checks on all sales. And I'm not going to spend much more time on this because all this man is doing is regurgitating stuff that's been thrown out there now for decades and decades. It's done nothing. Keep seeing uh, murder rates, crime rates, uh, you know, gun violence rates increase in these cities that are run by Democrats. We see it all over the country. It's undeniable. But I want to focus on something on this, on this one paragraph about it doesn't apply to non-professional vendors who might set up a stall in a gun show. That's a lie. That is not true at all. The so-called so gun show loophole is, it's imaginary. It's a lie. There is no gun show loophole. If there is a gun show that takes place here in California, the vendors in that, that event, that gun show, are required required to follow the same federal laws as if you go to a brick and mortar. So a person's not able to walk into a gun show and put down cash and say, yeah, I want that 44 Magnum, here's some money, and bye, see you later on. That does not work. It does not happen in California. It does not happen anywhere in the country. A federal gun law is a federal gun law for any licensed dealer. 
That's the, that's the federal gun law. It applies to licensed dealers. Now, in many states, in many states, unlike California, you are not able to make a private transfer of gun ownership. So one person to another, okay? Neighbor to neighbor, uh, uh, friend to friend, brother to brother, father to son. You are not able to sell your firearms here in California personally, privately. You have to go through a licensed gun dealer in California who are subject to federal laws. In some states, you can make person-to-person uh, gun sales, engage in those. You can sell your gun, but you are not a licensed gun dealer, so you are not subject to federal background checks when you make that sale or you purchase a gun. You're not subject to federal background checks. So in those states that allow private transfer of firearms, yes, somebody can walk into a gun show, and another person could be there say, hey, I've got a gun for sale. They're not a licensed dealer. They can make that private gun transfer just as they could if they had met online or in their front yard or house. So this is a lie. Don't believe it. Do your own research. All these attacks and this stuff are just red herrings. Trust me on this. So the point of this article, and it goes on and on and on, uh, there's this one part here I want to read to you. In a press release touting the announcement, Newsom stressed his proposed constitutional change would leave the Second Amendment unchanged. Well, look, folks, I don't know how often I can use this word. I can say untrue, falsehood, or I can shorten it to L-I-E. That's a lie. If you have an amendment now that requires federally across all 50 states, you have to be 21, there's this waiting period, uh, a ban on assault weapons. That specifically and undeniably changes the Second Amendment. This man does not talk out of both sides of his mouth. He talks out of four sides of his mouth. He talks out of his armpit, and yes, he talks out of his ass. This is a lie that this man puts down on paper that he gladly sits down in front of of friendly uh, media personalities and and spouts his stuff. And again, he knows, again, to be fair, like any proposed amendment to the Constitution, it's very, very unlikely to to pass. That's why we only have 27 amendments in the Constitution over basically 250 years. It's not about this amendment. It's about a political platform. And this is an absolute contradiction to what he said months ago about supporting Joe Biden for the presidency. He's waiting for the opportunity. And when that opportunity arises, ladies and gentlemen, you will see this man throw his hat in the ring to become the executive of this country to become our president. And God forbid, if you love what's happening to law enforcement, and I circle back, no, I'm not Jen Pisaki, but I am gonna circle back here. This is why who you vote for is so important in relation to the preservation of our law enforcement profession. These are the people who can hire law enforcement leaders, chiefs of police, commissioners, colonels, you name it. 
These are the people who can put in place the people that will do their bidding. And yes, if you're a conservative, if you love law enforcement, you want a conservative chief executive to put in place people who will do their bidding. I want you to defend your, the men and women of your agency. I want you to be aggressive in your policing uh, policies. I want you to enhance morale. I want you to set a platform that makes it inviting for good apple, uh, applicants to come into your agency. I want you to do real community policing where you're out there proactively uh, policing communities and cities. I want you to get the murderers, the rapists, the drug traffickers off the street. I want you to focus in on the problem, the criminal. Yes, that's the kind of bidding that I want done. I fully admit it. Can the other side admit what they want? No. They try to cover it up. They use smoke. They blame everybody else except for the criminal. And then they put in a place those chiefs of police and those other heads of agencies that are spineless enough to do their bidding that ultimately degrades law enforcement's ability to keep you safe. Folks, everything I talk about has something to do with law enforcement, some more life harder than other. But when I talk to you about Gavin Newsom and people on that side of the political spectrum, it's for a reason. I don't care if you're Democrat. I don't care if you're Republican. I don't care if you're liberal. I don't care if you're conservative. If you want a safe community for yourself, your spouse, your grandmother, your mom, your children, you have to know who is more capable of ensuring that safety. And if you vote the other way, it's your problem. It's your fault. I won't even say it's a criminal's fault. It certainly has, they certainly have some culpability, maybe even the primary culpability. But if you are part of the reason that your law enforcement agency is degraded, keep your mouth shut. Keep voting the way you vote. And this man is looking to move from a state problem to a national problem. God bless all of you guys. I'm going to see you here soon with a, a obviously another show. And before I go, Anthony, what did you tell me I can't forget to do at the end? Let, let everybody know where to find us. Exactly. Now, that was kind of a, you know, a setup there because I actually did remember what to do. But, you know, Anthony, sometimes back there running the show, looking good. You know, geez, Mark, you know, uh, you know, I'm a person. I need a little attention. So you know, I acquiesced. <laughs> well, go ahead. See, he's mumbling. I got a chance. What? Speak up. I'm behind the camera and uh, I intend to stay behind the camera. All right. You <laughs> <laughs> want to stay behind the camera. You're actually, you're actually going to have a chance to see his wonderful face here sooner or later. I'm yes. Get him out here so you can see it. But in all seriousness, Anthony uh, and Vince is not here today. But Anthony has a great job. And I mean, it's just. A real partner, and Anthony, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to a, you know long relationship and building this. And I know you and I and, and others, we're doing what we can to save law enforcement. We're doing what we can to save this country, and I appreciate the partnership. So with that said, Anthony's been working hard. He's been clicking the buttons. He's been doing the emails, making the phone calls, paying the bills, and now, folks, I can proudly say. You can find us on just about everything. 
Apple, Spotify, Rumble, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I want you to look for every place, follow every place, subscribe wherever you can subscribe. Folks, we do this on our own, and we're doing it for one reason, because we love law enforcement, we love our country, we want you and your family to remain safe and to be safer than you are today. I want my family to be safe. You know, as a retired California High Patrol chief, been in the trenches for 30 years, I'm out of the trenches, but now I'm back in this capacity. So, you know, help us help you do your part. God bless you. Stay safe. We'll see you next time. You are the nation.